How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Armchair Referees Podcast. I am the man, the myth, the legend, the only one in the studio that can currently sound like Vince McMahon. Hey, cocky. What's going on, everybody? It is your bearded brother from another mother. You know me from my luscious beard. The one, the only, Chip Bayless. How's it going, Chip? I'm doing fantastic, Fake. How about yourself? I'm fucking beat. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> How are you beat? Enjoying the day off, man. Oh, I thought you were too busy. Still, I thought you were still celebrating about your Chiefs down in Miami, man. Well, you know, that's part of it. You know, I just keep on like, like I'll be sitting in my comfy lazy boy at my house, <laughs> and I'll be like, "Holy shit, this is for real!" <laughs> it still hasn't become a reality for you. It has become a reality. Like the reality's probably gonna kick on, kick in on Sunday whenever I'm leaving work and I'm going, "Man, I got a Super Bowl to watch." <laughs> you can call off work. No, fuck no. I I can't afford that shit. I got kids. <laughs> oh, that's completely understandable. <laughs> So we will start tonight's episode with a little bit of a tribute. Sadder note, uh, Mr. 81. Dropping 81 on Toronto back in 2006. <clears throat> the man that switched numbers from 8 to 24, but number one in all of our hearts, Mr. Mamba, Kobe Bryant, did pass away. Um him and his his daughter Gianna, and I think seven other passengers. Well, two two of them were players on Gianna's team, and then one was, and then one of the players, then her parents, uh, the pilot. So. And the mama coach, the Indian mama coach. Oh, and and another coach as well. So. Um, that that one's still like I still haven't like it hasn't like it doesn't seem real. Yeah, you, you know I mean like it hasn't really hit me yet. Should I say I'm right there with you because when it first broke out, TMZ was the first one to report it, and usually TMZ I just don't really care for you, because you, you don't buy into it. They're they're more about celebrities and. Everything like paparazzi and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, but when, uh, so I turned on ESPN and I still had like they had the Pro Bowl on at the time. And we're gonna dig into that later on in this episode. But as I as I'm sitting there watching the Pro Bowl, I'm sitting there trying to think like nothing on ESPN yet. I haven't seen any tweets. Um, and, and then it just bombarded with every single tweet, and then the ESPN. Adrian, Wojan- got it. Adrian Wojanowski finally tweeted because he's he's basically like the Adam Schefter of the NBA. Like he's yeah. the go-to guy for news for when it comes in the NBA. He finally tweeted that it was confirmed that Kobe Bryant did, unfortunately, pass away, along with his daughter and everyone else that was involved in that accident. And that's when it finally hit me, and I'm just like, wow, this is actually real. And then I saw Adam Schefter finally tweeted. I seen Schefter also shared it on Facebook. Um, just absolutely tragic, and like you just said, like it's still like I'm still like trying to like digest like it's actually a reality. It's like he, he just he wasn't that old to begin with. Like we'll we'll start 41. right there. Yeah, like he wasn't that old. Like you know, 41 nowadays. You know, that's still young. You know, we got people living into their 90s. Um, 
he just seemed like that person that, like, you know, was going to live into his freaking 90s. Like, we were going to have another Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, the, the guy was going to be around forever. Um, and, you know, the fact that there was also, you know, kids that were involved in this, and now there's stuff coming out that, you know, technically the helicopter should never have been flying anyhow because of the fog and all this other stuff. You know, it's just a tragic thing that sh- – could have been, um, could have been stopped, basically, you know. And I like what NBA teams have done after the incident happened. Like, you have teams starting off the game, like, after a tip-off. You have each team, like, taking a 24-second, uh, like, shot clock violation. Like, run, basically, as soon as they get the ball, they just let the clock run down to zero. Mm-hmm. And then the other team gets the ball. They'll run their clock down to zero. And – Especially what the 76ers did the other night, um, to uh, in case you all haven't or don't know about Kobe Bryant, he did grow up just outside of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. He went to Lower Marion High School. Um, they retired the number 33, they had the jersey up at the game. Um, and then also, like, also at Lower Marion High School, too, there was a bunch of uh, Kobe Bryant fans, uh, basically having like a memorial. And same thing happened outside of Staples Center, too, in, in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I mean, it's just it's. I'm still like trying to like digest it, but it's just. Mavericks also retired the number twenty four officially. Which as well, which is a very classy move. Um. I I think, just because like I'm not a big basketball guy, but for what Kobe Bryant meant to the game, <clears throat> in general. I know there's been speculation that they're going to retire the the, the number 24 league wide, um, and there's currently a, a petition going to change the NBA logo to Kobe Bryant, and that like that petition has like took off. Um, I think the like the last count there was like over four million sign uh, people that have signed the petition to have that done. Um, all classy moves. I, I agree with it. And then what uh, Connecticut did, uh, you know, just showing that, you know, it wasn't just only Kobe Bryant. It was also Kobe Bryant's daughter and, you know, other passengers that, on that helicopter that passed. You know, the, Connecticut put her number on, on the bench, <clears throat> which is a, like, you know, hats off to Connecticut right there. Hats, hats off to UConn, you know. Um, just – Proving that you know there is just a, just a slight bit of humanity still left in this world. So, going back to what you said about retiring the twenty-four throughout the league wide, I think it's almost kind of like what the what baseball has done with like Jackie Robinson's forty-two. Yeah. Um. I don't know if I, I mean. I see like that perspective, like showing like that amount of much respect to Kobe Bryant, how much he meant for the game. But at the same time, too, I think what they should do is on, like, a yearly, like, memorial of, like, his anniversary, like, his death, I think what they should do is have, like, like have the away team wear eight and then have, like, the home team wear 24. That'd be, yeah. <clears throat> Something like that. Um, basically almost just do, like, the Jackie Robinson situation. Because I, I talked that – I talked about that the other night on Facebook with a friend of mine. Like he, he wanted to know like what my thoughts were about everybody retiring twenty four, and I was like, 
I mean, I completely understand, like, league-wide and showing respect for Kobe, but at the same time, too, I just, like, it's just – and did you see also the NBA All-Star game in Chicago here in, in a couple weeks? They're actually going to do a uh, thing for Kobe Bryant. Like, I guess uh, – I believe what I heard on the radio, they were saying it was basically going to be, like, all donations that goes towards the NBA All-Star game this year is going to go towards, like – Chicago-based uh, charities. Mm-hmm. So I thought that, you know, they're doing a dedication for Kobe. Not only are they doing a dedication for Kobe Bryant, but they're also helping out with, like, Kobe's uh, foundations and also helping out around Chicago charities. So I thought that was definitely a good nod on the NBA's part to do that also. Yeah. Uh, it's that I'm not I'm not a huge basketball guy, but, like, everyone, everyone knew Kobe. Everyone knew what Kobe Bryant meant to the game. It, uh, it's a, it, it's a, it's a tragic thing that could have been prevented. But, you know, it's the world we live in, unfortunately. And that's the thing too. Like everyone grew up, everyone knew Kobe. Everyone wanted. To, it's almost like watching Derek Jeter. Like everybody wanted to replicate. Mm-hmm what Derek Jeter did on a baseball field as well as what Kobe Bryant did on a basketball court. And the Mamba mentality is just the work ethic, the time, the preparation, the dedication of putting into a a game on a nightly basis every single year. And he did it for 20 years. We're talking about a guy that was in the NBA by age 17. Yeah. Didn't even go to college. Straight out of Lower Marion, right to the league. Got drafted by the Hornets and then got drafted – or got traded during that draft night to the Lakers, that same draft. You know, practically, you know, won championships on his own, you know, or was I'll say well, I'll say the the key point of, like, the early dynasty, like, you you remember the early 2000 Lakers. I mean, you had Shaq, Kobe. That that was basically their team, man. So, uh Gonna to move on to you know happier things for the most part but you know uh we'll be he'll, he'll be missed he'll he'll be missed and uh the things that he did is, is said he was he was very charitable and uh it's unfortunate and i will continue to toss nades and yell Kobe anytime I play Call of Duty. <laughs> so. I was going to say, I'm more of like the the trash can situation where I'm just throwing stuff in the trash and just yelling Kobe. Because I can see myself down, down the road doing that like 10, 15 years and like if I have a kid and I just, he hears me yell Kobe as I throw something in the trash I'd, and if he ever asks me, I'm just going to like sit him down and educate him. <laughs> YouTube him up. Like you will learn the ways of the Black Mamba. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> So we're going to dive on into possible changes next year. There's possibly going to be new faces in new places. Yes. The more I sit here and think about these quarterbacks on the move, the more I just think of that absolute ridiculous ass backwards freaking free agency that you predicted the other week. It's looking like a possibility because, now. Like I said, that night, I'm just, I have like the entire like United States map on my mind, and I'm just seeing like these planes <laughs> going from like point A to point B, and point B is being Chicago, 
because you have Cam Newton going to Chicago. You have somebody else is going to Chicago. I completely forget who else. Listen, okay. We're, we're, like, we're you think Chicago is having, like, these ultimate, like, rebuild at quarterback just because Trubisky had one down season? We're going to – I'm going to refresh. Okay, listen, listen. Okay. Brady is going to be in L.A. as the Charger. <clears throat> I don't know, man, because there's been a lot of specu- – there's been stuff going around about him I, possibly I buying a house hear. in Vegas. There's one about his kids it. possibly going to some school in Tennessee. Gruden is bought in on – Carr. Carr had a very good year compared to his first year with Gruden. I think Gruden's going to continue to build on that along with Carr's going to continue to build on that. He's getting down the playbook and everything. They're going to ride with Carr. He's still young. Brady's going to go to San Diego. I mean, well, not San Diego. I keep on calling him San Diego. I I still can't get over the fact that they left. Um, Damn you, Spanos. (laughs) He's going to be in L.A. as a Charger. Rivers is going to stay in the AFC West. He's going to go to Denver. Cam Newton, mark my words, is going to be in Chicago this time next year. I don't know because I there's something I read the other day. I guess Matt Rule is intrigued with Cam Newton. So not going to happen. I don't know if that's 100% accurate. And like I said, I it's just an article I read the other day. I think they're going to at least give one more year with Cam. Newton's in Chicago this time next year New England is going to keep the hoodie hoodie's going to get what he wants he's going to get a brand new quarterback he's going to get somebody that he can continue to build around aka he's going to trade for Mitchell Trubisky <laughs> Trubisky's going to be in New Think England about Belichick right now he's getting the last laugh because if Jimmy G wins Sunday mm-hmm. this is going to be Belichick saying you know what I was right I knew I should have kept Jimmy G instead of Brady a couple years ago but that was all Robert Kraft and Tom Brady. Robert Kraft had Tom Brady's back that entire time. Belichick, I think he was finally getting over the hump. But here's the thing. Since that Garoppolo trade, pretty sure Tom Brady uh, has two Super Bowl rings since that. So, okay. Either. I'm just saying, I mean, <laughs> Belichick right now is smirking because he knows damn well if Jimmy G goes into this game Sunday and beats the Chiefs down in Miami – this is going to be a nod back to Belichick because Belichick's going to be like, you know what, I was right, you guys were wrong. Marcus Mariota is going to be in Miami next year. He's going to join that dumpster fire. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, with uh, a quarterback room that's probably going to be involving possibly another year of Fitzmagic, maybe Josh Rosen. Yeah, most likely. God knows what they do in the draft. I think Tampa's going to hang on to Jameis. I think they're going to ride him out for another year. I think Jameis Winston's going to get a one-year contract, and it's going to be a prove-it deal. This year should have been the prove-it deal for him. Well, he was finishing out. Okay, it's just like— This should have been the year where it's just like— Well, it's just like—it's like both Mariota and Jameis. They're still in the same draft—like, came from the same draft class. You saw Mariota struggle. Look what happened there. Vrabel benched him. Tannehill came in, took the Titans all the way to the AFC Championship game. I'm not going to say the same thing would happen to Tampa Bay. Any miracle would happen to like whoever yeah. Tampa Bay's backup is will lead them to the NFC Championship game. I don't think so. I, I see Tennessee drafting a quarterback in this year's draft in preparation of Tannehill, uh, moving on from Tannehill, 
Because, like, you know, what? He's, like, what, 31? Katie Holmes, like, what, 31? Something, something like that? Early 30s, yeah. Um, who, who knows how long he's going to actually play? Especially nowadays where guys are just fucking retiring young. Anyhow, uh, I see them drafting the quarterback in preparation. Now, here's the thing, though. Let's go to New Orleans because you got Drew Brees. I've been saying still on the ropes whether or not he even wants to play again or not. Physically, I think he still has it. Mentally, though, you look at the Saints, though, the past three seasons and mm-hmm. the way they've gotten knocked out in the playoffs, the Minnesota Miracle in 2017, the ghost pass interference call in 2018 against the Rams that eventually had the Rams go to the Super Bowl, and then this past year, that heartbreaking overtime loss to the Vikings, like I said, physically, I think Brees has it. Mentally, though, that's the major question. Either way, New England's, I mean, uh, New Orleans set is okay because they got Teddy Teddy B. Te- Teddy B's a free agent, though. He's I think he's the hottest quarterback that's going to be in free he, agent. He's this gonna year. Re- he's gonna resign. He's gonna resign. I I think he wants promise. to go somewhere to start. There's rumors that Taysom Hill is there is what they're looking at for the future. But thing about Taysom Hill though is, and that was going to be my next point. He hasn't played enough quarterback. The past exactly. Few years. No, and the I thing agree. about it is, Taysom Hill though, they have him like, and Sean Payton's got like a major thing with Taysom Hill. Like he absolutely loves Taysom Hill. Him being this Swiss Army knife, this versatile player. Mm-hmm. Thing about it is though, if that's going to be your franchise quarterback or just quarterback in general for the future. You're beating the hell out of him by having him line up as a fullback, have him on these kickoffs and yeah. punt returns. Like, you can't be doing that. If, that, if, that, if that's who you're going to invest in as a quarterback down the road, you can't be doing that to him now. Teddy B is going to resign. So I, I think know. it's finally time for Sean Payton to – if this is what – if it's the route that Taysom Hill – if Sean Payton's going to want Taysom Hill down the road, now's the time to stop having him try to be that versatile player that he is and actually have him be a passer. I think – Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the first person to know whether or not Drew Brees is coming back. That's why I think the Saints Saints situation is just so interesting to me because you got three quarterbacks. It's like you got Brees on the verge of he don't even know if he wants to play anymore. You got Teddy B, who I think, in my opinion, I think is going to be a free agent quarterback. He's going to want to go somewhere to start, and then Taysom Hill being that guy that well, here's everyone thing. loves him because of the versatility, but at the same time, it's like he we don't have enough film or anything on him for him passing. Yeah. Now, see, here's the thing. Teddy could have left last year and gone to Miami. Been the starting quarterback. He chose to come back to New Orleans. I think he's bought in. I think he I think that was just. I think that was just a learning thing because I think that was just all fundamental with him being back up behind Breeze because when Breeze did go down with that injury, if you remember, the Saints went 5-0 and Yeah, with he Teddy played. B under. That's what, that's what I'm saying. I think he comes back no matter what. I think Teddy is in love with the organization. I think he loves Sean Payton. And I think Sean Payton loves him, and the organization loves him back. So it's – I think he's he's set in New Orleans. I, I'm pretty sure – I think Breeze is going to hang him up, and he's going to call it a career. He has every single fucking record. He has a Super Bowl win. He has a league MVP. He, he's – He's going to be enshrined in Canton. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I just think that, like I said, physically, I think Drew Brees still has it. I think he has the drive that he wants to go for another Super Bowl ring. And he even said himself, it's either he's going to retire, he's, he's either going to stay with the Saints or he's going to retire. 
the guy wants to be a saint at the end of the day. Like, there's yeah. no other franchise that's going to want to, like, absolutely. I mean, of course, all franchises want to get this guy. But at the same time, like, at the end of the day, he wants to be a saint. I don't think he's there mentally anymore. And I think he's smart enough to realize that he's not there mentally anymore, just like Andrew Luck this past year, because he realized mentally, I'm not there. I don't have the same drive. I don't think Breeze wants to do another training camp, wants to do another season. You know, he's dealt with injuries, what, three years straight again? Uh, so he had the thumb injury this year. He had something with his shoulder the previous season. I think I think I think he's gonna hang him up and call it a career. He's had a great career. He holds every single fucking record. Why not? You know. Um, so it's a, I think I think he hangs it up this year. Teddy B is the guy guy in New Orleans. We'll see. Like I said, I I, I personally I think Teddy Bree is gonna want to go somewhere to start. I think that's. I mean, if he wants to stay in New Orleans and be the starter, more power to him. I just think this thing in New Orleans with Teddy B, I think that was just a whole, like, reviving his career for where it was when he was in Minnesota and just learning the fundamentals again, being behind Breeze and learning from not only Sean Payton, but Breeze also in that quarterback room. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And the other thing, too, is, like, even on, like, draft day, you're not telling me, like, you don't think anyone's going to try to, like, pull a trigger and try to make, like, a trade for Teddy B. Like, you got the Dolphins that could possibly do it because I don't – with two's injury, them sitting at number five, I mean. you know, it's a, I think Mariota's going to make his way down to Miami this this offseason. And honestly, the, the offense that Miami runs – fits with what Mariota does best. So, um, I think that would be a nice a nice change change for him. He gets to change scenery. He gets the offense that works well with him. They got to get some running backs, though. I, 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 Dolphins I see that, don't have a true number one back, though. I said it last, last episode. I see them fixing that in the first round. They're taking, gonna go. taking your boy JT? Yeah, I see them taking, taking JT. I don't know if I can go Jonathan Taylor that high, man. I like him. I like him. <laughs> don't get me wrong. He was very productive at Wisconsin, but I just don't know if I could take him that high at five, though. Well, he, ha- he has plenty of wear on wear on him. You know, plenty of tread-off tires. So what, three, three-year starter at Wisconsin? Yeah. Now, this year they, they, they took a little bit off of him. They, they ran like a little bit of a three-headed attack. Um, still racked up the same amount of yards, so. <laughs> Guy's a fucking beast. Um, and so I, I see them fixing that in the first round. I see them taking Jonathan Taylor. I think he'll fit well in that offense. Um, and there's been speculations that, you know, the flow it really likes him as well. You know, he's there's there's stuff that's come out saying that he likes Jonathan Taylor a lot. They got to so. bolster the offensive line, too, because if you remember, they did that trade earlier this year with the Texans for Laramie Tunsil. Mm-hmm. And uh, ever since that, the Dolphins' offensive line just has not been that protective for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Or Dolphins just need they're, – they're, they're still rebuilding regardless. I mean, this is, this is a team that when they make the right moves, they can potentially compete. Yeah. 
but right now, man, it's just like they're just so Jekyll and Hyde with some of the moves they made with trades and free agency and everything like that, like making these signings that just didn't pan out. Then getting rid of guys like Minka Fitzpatrick this year to the Steelers, and then you saw what Minka did in Pittsburgh. Like, he, yeah. he was a baller. Yeah. Uh, now, the other question is, with Rivers and San Diego parting ways, if they don't go out and sign a veteran quarterback, what the fuck are they going to do? Draft. Because they don't have anybody behind Rivers They have a top 10 pick. Correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm looking at the draft board, I think they are number. I think they're right after. Yeah, Miami. They're, they're, I think they're number six. They are right after the Dolphins. Yeah, and that's pretty much a prime spot to be sitting at if you want to get a quarterback. Now, thinking about that, do you really want to go that high for like a Justin Herbert from Oregon? They could take Fromm. They could take Fromm also, but I don't know if about he's still Fromm. on the board. I don't know if Fromm's going to be that high though. Yeah, that's even if he's still on the board. Because <clears throat> they're you got Tampa that you know they might draft a quarterback. You have Miami, they might draft a quarterback. Cincinnati needs a fucking quarterback. <laughs> Cincinnati needs a lot of things. That's why they're the first uh, overall pick. Like, there are quarterback needy, needy teams. So, you, you never know. Like, is there going to be somebody there that's going to actually even be able to help San Diego at the, at the quarterback position? If they, don't go, if they don't go the free agency route and they try to play the, the draft and there's just nobody there that's – going to one fit their offense so you think this is going to be the year they skip the draft and they just say hey let's wait till next year's quarterback class to come in see what we get out of that they they might but because honestly who the fuck was behind breeze i mean behind rivers geno smith you're going to trust your your franchise with geno smith <laughs> that's not going to sell tickets either because once again yeah. that stadium is just going to be overflowing with opposing fans once again they have to do fucking something, and they that's why do it I think. Right that, and quick. just like you said earlier, the TB12, you bring him in town, that is going to pack that stadium. There ain't no doubt about it. But the fact of the matter Stump is, StubHub Stadium is going to be packed. The fact of the matter is, though, I just there's something part of me is telling me that Tom Brady's just not going to leave. He's not going to do it. I, I just feel like that relationship. In I think New England he, has been fractured. The Instagram account, the Twitter, the post. I think he's toying with New England right now. Like there's he I think he's teasing. See, here, here's he's teasing because he wants us to think that he's actually leaving. But here's the thing. If New England really wanted him back, they could have already had him resigned. They could have had him resigned yesterday. <laughs> it's very true, but at the same time though, I just think that he, I think he's toying with us. I, I don't think he's got going back. I think New England and the state of Massachusetts just needs to come to the come to terms and the facts that there's going to be a new guy, whole you know, taking snaps at quarterback next year. Which, if it is true that Brady is on the move, then it's obvious that the Patriots are going to definitely get a quarterback in the first round this year. There's no doubt about it. Or they're that far <laughs> back in the draft, though. 
in the first round, it's like I see. I I'm telling you. I'm telling you. They're trading for Trubisky. It is happening. It's gonna happen. Mark mark my words. It's gonna happen, and you're gonna be sitting there on that day when Adam Schefter reports that New England has traded for Mitchell Trubisky, and you're gonna be like, "Fuck, fake was right again." <laughs> <laughs> And you know what you're gonna I, get? Why you Mitch know what Trubisky you're though? Like you why? Know? Why? Because he fits the Belichick mold. I don't know, man. He fits the Belichick mold. He's perfect. Everyone says Brady was a system quarterback. I, I don't know. Well, if Mitch Trubisky is gonna be the next guy in New England, then that's gonna be a terrible. And you know what? You know what's gonna happen. You know what's going to happen You're if I'm right the about The Bills this. and Jets and Dolphins are going to be licking their chops. You you know what's going to happen if this happens? You're going to get in the fucking messenger. Hey, that's that fine. I'll, I'll, the I'll Billy Madison. The Billy Madison meme. That's what you're going to get. What, the smartest man alive? <laughs> I'm the smartest man alive! <laughs> I mean, if it happens, I'll, I'll give credit to you. But like I said, man, I mean, if, if they actually pull that and, it, and Trubisky is the next guy in New England... I don't think it's going to work. I think that's going to be the part of the move that gets Belichick out the door. And then he's back in Cleveland. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I think Belichick will just be done in general. He'll just call it a career there. Can you imagine if Bill Belichick was a college coach? <laughs> no. Because it'd be like Urban Meyer 2.0. There'd be so much scandal and <laughs> theories and I don't want to dig into that <laughs> back to the NFL though the NFL Pro Bowl oh my god what why are we even talking about this it's not even a game <laughs> it's not a game I didn't even watch it and yeah. I had the day off for it and like I said the only reason why I did watch it was because it just happened to be during that situation with Kobe Bryant like the breaking news happened and I just happened to turn on ESPN. There's the Pro Bowl. So I'm sitting there watching it, waiting for something to come up. And as I'm sitting here watching it, these guys aren't even tackling. They're basically going up to the guy, hugging him, and you just hear the whistle. I'm like, what is going on with the Pro Bowl? Like, is there something we can do or, like, try to, like, change the Pro Bowl to make it more entertaining than what it was back in the day? You can't. You can't. There's, like – there is absolutely zero need for the Pro Bowl. There's no point in it. There's absolutely no point in it. It doesn't mean fucking Jack Daly squat. Other than it's just another accolade to, that goes along your career. An, yeah. Other than it's another accolade to go along his career, and then the fans that are going to go fucking watch it, they're spending like hundreds upon almost thousands of dollars just to get a fucking ticket and go to fucking Hawaii. Go watch a two-hand touch football game. Like, there's no point. Give us. Give us the two worst teams in the fucking league. Send them out to fucking Hawaii and have them fucking play it out for the first round pick. Yeah, say so loser gets first overall pick. You know what? I would change that rule, though, because, I mean, what's the difference between the one and the second round pick? Or the one and the second? I would do it. There's really nothing because, honestly, yeah. it's just some I mean, some years you'll get like, the first round. You'll, you'll get, like, the first overall pick that doesn't hit, and then the second overall will be a stud that yeah, has I mean, a career. Because it's, so, it's so deep. I think what you should do is you take the worst team from both conferences because one conference might have like the sixth or seventh pick 
and the other one might have the first. So then that might be a little bit more interesting, I think. Yeah, and that could be that could be another thing. You call it you call it the pooper bowl. The turd bowl. Because <laughs> you drop the turd. I actually had an idea pop in my mind because, like you just said, if you just had both the worst teams in each conference, one from the AFC, one from the NFC, the winner of that game gets the city of the following year's Super Bowl, depending on the conference. So, like, say, like, we had Cincinnati and we had Washington duke it out. If Washington wins, an NFC city will be – next year's Super Bowl host, and vice versa, if the Bengals were to win, an AFC city would get next year's. That or just host a draft. Or that too. You could put draft. You could put a draft city. Yeah. Basically, it's have like gets, a. gets draft city. It's basically going to be like a lottery for like the NBA. Like, it's going to be what city is going to be hosting and whatnot. I think that's a great idea. I think we should, that should be part of the situation to make the Pro Bowl better. We'll get the petition going. The best part of the Pro Bowl anymore is the is the breed stuff, like when they do like, like the, the skills competition. Games. Yeah, that's yes, the, the skills competition. Love that stuff. I, I don't even get into that really. You can't get into that. I just don't. Any skill competition, regardless, it don't matter what sport. I'll watch that. It, it's kind of like hockey, like, baseball. I'm all about that. Like the home run like, derby. I, love I like the home run what derby. hockey's done for their for their all star game. You know, you know, three on threes, and you know. And everyone splits up into teams and stuff like that. I love that shit. That that shit's fucking awesome. And the fact that they made Pasternak the one of the captains, and he looks at the at the ref, and the refs giving him the business, and he goes, "You can't touch me. I'm a captain. I got a seat." <laughs> like I thought that was fucking great. Because <laughs> Pasta knows he's never going to be a captain in Boston. <laughs> But back to the Pro Bowl, it's like we sat there and thought about that, like being a possible thing for like a future draft host or a future Super Bowl host. The skills competition, that's the only thing you can really get behind for the NFL, like when it comes to the Pro Bowl season. Yeah, it's I, – I, I don't I miss even... the old days where like they had like the quarterback challenges. You remember yeah. those like watching like the early 2000s, like Jake DeLone, Donovan McNabb. <laughs> Like Brett, these, Favre. Brett Favre, just watching these guys like sling a ball like sixty yards and try to see who who can throw the football the farthest. I it, like there's just nothing like that appeals to me for the Pro Bowl because I know the game doesn't mean worth shit. It isn't like you know whenever the All Star Game comes around for uh, the MLB, like that that game means something. Yeah, because the All Star whoever wins the All Star Game gets the gets home field advantage. Home field advantage. Yep. Start off in the World Series. And then, you know, you got the home run derby, and it's it means something. But the Pro Bowl doesn't mean jack fucking diddly squat. It's bullshit. All it is is two-hand touch, and the guy's just fucking, like, just dicking off all fucking week. <laughs> Speaking of accolades, on to our next topic. NFL awards. Your boy got robbed. It was not DK for Rookie of the Year. Bullshit. <laughs> they gave it to Raiders running back Josh Jacobs. Our producer, Dev, very happy back there. Sorry, boy. Sorry, boy. Fake your thoughts on your boy Decaf not winning it. I feel robbed. <laughs> I feel robbed. 
I feel gutted. I don't like DK. You're my boy. Where did DK rank? Gotta be second. Like he had to been fucking they, second. Once they post the building, I'm kind of curious now. I might look. The only the only thing I saw was Jacobs was like the winner, but I didn't see like who came in second or who came in third. Now I seen Bosa won defense. Like we that, all we, see yeah that we shit called coming. we called like, that yeah he, he fucking was a one man wrecking crew on that fucking defensive line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no obviously one could, Nick, no no one could fucking block him all year long. <laughs> yeah, because I think when I heard the I think when I heard our episode back then because I was going to our episode back then whenever we were predicting our rookie of the years and everything, we both called Nick Bosa for San Francisco to win. Well, he he's built like his brother. And his brother – man, I was so hoping – like, even as a Chiefs fan, I'm like, man, can you imagine if Sandy uh, – if L.A., if the Chargers get fucking Nick Bosa as well? <laughs> and both the Bosa brothers are just on each end right there. That shit would have been fucking scary. Because neither cause neither one of them can be fucking blocked. <laughs> yeah, I was actually a bit surprised, though, because towards the end of the season, like, DK was putting up stats. Like, I was like, I don't know, man. He's definitely got an argument to be he, the and winner. He, and there's, and like, he played great in the playoffs except for, you know, the, the Green Bay game. Yeah, you know. Green Bay neutralized him, but still, I I just feel fucking robbed. I feel fucking gutted. Like, like, what the, what games were you motherfuckers watching? They were clearly <laughs> watching the Raiders. One offensive rookie of the year, Josh Jacobs had 11 votes. Behind him was Kyler Murray with How are you going to put Kyler Murray in second? What games are y'all hold watching? On, hold, on, hold on, hold on, let's be real. Kyler Murray at the quarterback position, it was a bad Cardinals team, but he did pretty fucking good for sure. He did, oh, he did he okay. He was subpar. But, <laughs> he was okay, but I wouldn't give him second. Yeah, definitely Third wouldn't give fucking second. A.J. Brown. Titans, yeah, A.J. Brown was pretty okay, nice. He was Brown nice. Brown played pretty, pretty, pretty well. Oh my goodness. Is that... Number four, Miles Sanders with one vote from the game. Hey, don't hate on my boy Miles Sanders. Wait a minute, time out, time out. Are you telling me DK wasn't even in the fucking conversation? Nope, not even the conversation. Wow. What games were y'all motherfuckers watching? I mean, for Miles Sanders to get one vote, that's one thing. That's why I'm just not being an Eagles fan or biased like that. I'm just like, hey, I mean, Miles Sanders was going to be in the mix, but I wouldn't say, like, over DK though, no way. Okay. They, he put up receptions. He had over a thousand yards receiving on the season, and fucking was their main red zone threat. If I had to say the top three, I'd probably definitely say it would have been. Like we already know where my vote goes. Fucking yeah, you're DK. gonna go DK, but I'm saying like this top three that he just. I would have gone Jacobs, Metcalf, Brown. Yeah. Cause like like no 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 shade towards Brown. And then like, on the outside yeah, looking in, you had Miles well. Sanders and then Kyler Murray. That had been my, in my opinion, the top five. But like like no no offense, but I would have had like fucking Sanders in DK's spot. You know. At two? Uh, no, on the outside looking. On the outside looking. Okay. Yeah, I mean, cause like Kyler Murray on a very bad Arizona Cardinals team shined somewhat at certain points in the season. Uh, but, 
I'm just fucking mind blown right now. <laughs> like I just I just can't even get over the fact that he wasn't even in consideration. How the fuck do you not put that guy in consideration? I don't even know who does the voting. I don't, if it's a fan situation, then you guys want to know who the defensive rookie runner-ups were? Sure, give it to us. <laughs> Well, I'm just fucking mind blown. Runner-ups were Josh Allen with two votes and Devin Bush with one, and Nick Bosa resounding twenty-one votes. It wasn't even well, yeah, yeah, it wasn't even a competition because he couldn't be blocked. Yeah, so all Nick fucking Bosa was season. just completely unstoppable <laughs> throughout the entire season. Outside of that, though, I could definitely see like Josh Allen for the Jaguars because he actually had a pretty nice year. He for had a pretty good year. Yeah, and then for Devin Bush for the Steelers, he he had a great year and. Honestly, Deb, Devin Bush played out of his fucking mind. Uh, bought into the system. He he fits that the Steelers. Like, Pittsburgh oh, absolutely. Like, like, mold at linebacker. They, they like always, that like, defense is going to be scary for years to come because you already figure, and our, our next player won an award, speaking of Pittsburgh, T.J. Watt Woo. got defensive player of the year. Well, I, do you no, fucking what? Stephon Gilmore did with 12 votes. Really? T.J. Watt was tied for second with Chandler Jones with five. Are you serious? Yes, sir. I thought I saw something that T.J. Watt won it. Nope. Stephon Gilmore, 12 votes. Man, they're, they're just slobbing the Patriots. <laughs> um, Hold on. I got to see. Because I'm pretty sure I saw something on there about T.J. Watt winning an award. Hey, either way, T.J. Watt is a guy that's going to be a staple of that Pittsburgh defense for years to fucking come. He's still young. And he's also a former Badger. <laughs> but, uh, hey, here's an interesting one. Comeback player of the year. Ten votes was Ryan Tannehill. Then Jimmy G. Then Darren Waller with three in the third place. And then tied for fourth with one vote each was Teddy B., Dalvin Cook, Travis Frederick, and Emmanuel Sanders. Tannehill's story. I like, Tannehill. I like Tannehill's comeback player of the year. I yeah, I say I can agree with Tannehill's Hill's comeback player of the year. If I had to give it second for comeback player of the year, yeah, I guess I could see Jimmy Garoppolo also tearing his ACL last season and coming back and taking the 49ers to the Super Bowl. And then probably for my third favorite story for comeback player of the year, I probably got to say Teddy B for what he did in New Orleans, like after Breeze went down with his injury. Five and oh. To finally revive his, to revive his career, or so we think he did. And to go 5-0 and oh while Breeze was out, I give number three slot to Teddy B. Do none of y'all know nothing about Darren Waller? You mean how, like, he was a complete bust in New York and well, it, it found his place? And then he was doing drugs, and then he went and cleaned himself up and got and then became, like, one of the best, most productive tight ends in the league this year out of New York. I didn't know he was and, doing drugs. Yeah, I didn't know. Either. Yeah, he was, like, he was like an addict and everything, and he got himself cleaned up. And he had, like, more receiving yards this year than, like, Travis Kelsey, I think, by the end of the season, and some other tight end. Not George. I think Kittle. Or maybe Kittle. I'm not sure. It might have been Kittle. I'd have to look at the stats, but. Either way. I'm, I'm, I'm still fucking. I'm just still mind blown. Not even in fucking consideration. Don't worry, Mr. Bank, okay? I'm on your side. And then, obviously, the coach of the year went to Kyle Shanahan. Still, in my opinion, I still thought it should be. Fabro got robbed. Yes. Got robbed. Got fucking robbed. 
This is, like I said it last episode. This that 49ers team no Shanahan, Shanahan they should have been fucking playing that way anyhow. Way too deep. I I I just don't think it's deserved. In my opinion, it's just not deserved. Vayrol should have fucking won it. Don't get me wrong, I definitely like what Shanahan's done for the 49ers since he's been there. But yeah, I I just when you have that much, I do got to give I do got to give respect to the 49ers for what they did because, like I said last week, like this was a team like it took me a lot of time to finally like buy into them because I'm like, I just one week I'm like, yeah, they look nice, but I I'm just not there, and then now they're here in the Super Bowl. It's like okay, so now we do got to give them credit where it's due. Like you're the NFC champions, you're playing in the Super Bowl Sunday. But I completely agree. I think Vrabel did get robbed. I thought for sure that was a better option, in my opinion, to go for coach of the year. Yeah. Yes. Mm. 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 Have they announced who's who's that uh, league MVP yet? Well, we already know who's going. To, we already know who's winning that. Come on now, we shouldn't have to break down that. <laughs> what? Who? who who you think it's gonna be? I see a two P in the future. <laughs> you see a two P. Two P. Two years in a row. You got my homie. My homies. I'm rolling with my homies. <laughs> I don't know, man. I he played great. He did. He played great. But I'm still on the Lamar train. I think Lamar's gonna get it. I don't get me wrong. I got Mahomes in my top three, but I just think that for what Lamar Jackson's done this season, he's going to two-peat it. Mark my words, he's going to two-peat it. If he wins Sunday, he's going to fucking two-peat it. You you can't tell me if he does not win Sunday, he's not going to get a two-peat. See, the thing about it is, too, because these awards come out Saturday night. So, these awards come out, like, the night before the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, like I said, I got Patty in my top three. I just think, in my opinion, I think it's going to be Lamar. It's going to be two-peat. Y'all just wait. Wait, 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 wait. Going to two-peat it. MVP. MVP? League MVP. League MVP. They did. They did. Valuable players, Lamar Jackson, with 22 votes. Oh, boy. Called it. <laughs> I even called that early in the season because there was that speculation where I was kind of debating. I'm listening. Goodness gracious, you guys have been wrong twice now. Yeah, Lamar Jackson with 22 votes. It wasn't even a competition. Patrick Mahomes with two. Oh, that's hey, if it makes you feel any better, David Carr, Derek's brother, was one of the only two people who voted for Patrick Mahomes. Hopefully that makes you feel – I hope you feel that way you're lovely. <laughs> really <dull>. <laughs> <laughs> no, my top three would have been Lamar, Pat, Russell. Yeah, Russell definitely had – he had a great year. The Seahawks in general had a great year. And that's why DK should have won the NFL Rookie of the Year. <laughs> that should be like a new meme. Every time he says something, like even if he's talking about nothing that has to do with the, like um, 
I'm just gonna send him pictures of and Donkey that's Kong. Why DK Metcalf should have won the Texas I'm just gonna start sending pictures of Donkey Kong. Be like, yeah, there, there's your DK. <laughs> DK got robbed. Um, have they have they announced um, offensive player of the year? Yeah, here, I can just give you all the. I right. would yeah. assume it's probably gonna be the offensive player of the year is Michael Thomas, but he's actually Woo! very close. Uh, okay, all right. Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas with nine nice. votes, Lamar Jackson with eight, McCaffrey with four, Wilson, Russell Wilson with Captain. two, and Patty Mahomes with one. I had Patty and Russell over McCaffrey. Defensive player of the year was Stephon Gilmore, and then I already told you the other two year runner ups, and I don't think there's anything else to tell you besides Shanahan. So you guys already got everything else. And then um crap, who who won the uh I I know I seen it. The Walter Payton? Yeah. I know I've seen it. I just can't think yeah, of it. No, I don't I, see I, it on here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Walter Payton's like I think I think Walter Payton is announced tomorrow night, I believe, or Saturday night. I I want to say it was um, an offensive lineman. I just can't think of who the hell it was. I think they announced it Saturday night. I think it's going to be during the award ceremony that yeah. they're going to announce who won the Walter Payton. E- e- either way, um, DK should have won it. DK, you have my vote. You got robbed, bro. I I feel it. Both Vabral and DK got fucking robbed. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fake. The time has come. So I have put a lot of thought in this, and gonna throw some statistics at you here. Ooh, all right. So if Patty Mahomes finds a way, Patty Mahomes is already joining a very special group. There's only been two quarterbacks. Until now, they have done what Patty Mahomes is doing right now. To win a league MVP and then go to the Super Bowl the following year. Those two quarterbacks are Dan Marino. I was going to say Marino. And Kurt Warner. Okay, I wasn't going to say Kurt Warner. <laughs> I knew Marino was definitely. The only difference is Dan Marino never went never to another Super Bowl. After that. And never won one. And Dan Marino actually said something like, uh, I was listening to ESPN Radio earlier. And uh, Marino actually brought this up on first take earlier. Um, you just never know how your career is going to pan out. Mm-hmm. Because right now, Patrick Mahomes being young and being in this position to win a Super Bowl, Marino is the same way. I, I still think Marino was the youngest quarterback to still play in a Super Bowl. But unfortunately, Marino never went back. Yeah. That being said, though, I just don't see – Patty Mahomes going down that route either, where I just I he's there. There's no doubt about. It. I still see, but te- like multiple Super Bowls coming for Patty Mahomes. Yeah, especially with how young that team is in general. It really depends too, also on Kansas City of what they do, how they handle this whole contract with him. Yeah, because there's gonna, there's like gonna be there's gonna be some cap casualties hitting that roster. Yeah, there's gonna, there's gonna be some guys that there's you don't. Caps already tight. Yeah. 
but the, gonna, the thing but is, what I'm saying is, there's going to be some casualties like you don't want to see go, but it's unfortunately going to have to happen. I mean, that's the way of the business. The one decent thing is that Andy Reid is very good at drafting. We can at least say that he's pretty he's pretty good at drafting, and we they always seem to find some way to reload in some sh- shape or form. Um, but back to my statistic here. Kurt Warner won that Super Bowl after he won league MVP. Following year, he won the Super Bowl they held out against Tennessee. Great show on turf. Which is actually the anniversary of that game, actually, mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. So he's already joining a select group. Which way he's – it's we'll see on Sunday which way he's going to pan out. The other statistic is – so Kyle Shanahan – Last, so this is Andy Reid's second Super Bowl as a head coach. Yes, this is Kyle Shanahan's first Super Bowl as a head coach. Technically, well, yeah, first as a head coach because I was going to mm-hmm. say because he, he Falcons fans, you should remember this uh, <laughs> because he was the offensive coordinator when they blew that twenty-eight to three lead. And here's your t- statistic about that. So when Kyle Shanahan was in. Atlanta. It was a very high, high flying, high tempo offense. In San Francisco, he's completely taken away that mold. He is now leaning on a very powerful, run heavy offense. Control the clock, rely on his defense. Now, is Andy Reid's experience in the big game and in the postseason going to come into play? Is Andy Reid going to get his first Super Bowl? A very well-deserved Super Bowl. Is Kyle Shanahan going to be able to fight off those demons of 28-3? Is he going to let another prolific offense come back and bite him in the ass? Is Jimmy G Going to finally prove all the haters wrong. Robert Kraft, Tom Brady. <laughs> Those are the haters I can there think of Jimmy G. so many things. Is D4 going to get revenge on the Kansas City Chiefs for trading him away for a second-round pick? These are all questions that will all be answered on Sunday. Now, in saying that, Here are the keys to San Francisco winning. Play your game. Play smart football. Play the way they've been playing all season long. Control the clock. Rely on your defense. If Patty Mahomes is not on the field, he can't beat you. He can't hurt you. Kansas City, your defense has to continue to play great. Your defense has to continue to stop the run like they have all postseason. The fact that they held the second, Derrick Henry. the second half and the postseason of, the, this, of yeah, this year. The fact that they held Derrick Henry to only 64 yards is a testament on what they can do. They have to force Jimmy G to pass the ball. That end of story. And that's the other thing, too, because... If San Francisco has to rely on their run and that doesn't work, then you have to have Jimmy G go back and pass. 
We're talking about a guy that only threw eight passes in the NFC Championship game because, let's face facts, the 49ers went in the NFC Championship game, looked at Green Bay and said, hey, you know what we're going to do to you? We're just going to run the damn ball in your asses. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they did. That being said, though, you got to figure, too, because San Francisco's got some nice running backs. I mean, you got Raheem Mostert. you got Matt Bereda. That's, that's literally all Kansas City has to do. Stop the run. Force Jimmy G to pass. Force too, Jimmy I'm- to beat you. Because I promise you, you do that. I Don't get me wrong. I love San Francisco's defense. I think they have a great thing. But I don't foresee them slowing down Patty Mahomes I per- and that offense. Personally, I see this game definitely coming down to what it's going to be in the trenches because, like you just said, San Francisco's defensive front versus Kansas City's offensive line is going to play a big that big factor in this game. That's that's where it's going to come down to. That's the key to Kansas City. They have to stop the run, force Jimmy G to pass. They have to force Jimmy G to beat them. And that offensive line needs to hold up the way they did against Tennessee. And Tennessee's Tennessee can get to the get to the quarterback. They proved that all year long. They proved that in the playoffs, they can get to the quarterback. And they kept they have to keep Mahomes upright. They have to be able to allow him to go back and put his weapons to use. End of story. In saying that. Is it time? It's time. Kansas City will be enshrined as Super Bowl champions. And Patty Mahomes will be the Super Bowl MVP. Because the way I see it, Andy Reid's going to be Andy Reid. He's going to put Patty Mahomes to use. 40, 50 dropbacks. Mark my fucking words. I don't foresee San Francisco secondary, as good as they are, being able to keep up with this wide receiver court. There is too much speed. There's too much talent in it. And honestly, I... I don't see anybody on that defense that can match up with Travis Kelsey. Let alone Tyreek. Yes. Because I, I, pro- I, wait, I see. I, it's obviously going to be, I, obviously it's going to be Sherman against Tyreek. Yeah, and that's where I that's, see it. And that's, and that's going to be the burner too because I can see Tyreek shredding Sherman. I don't see him shredding. I see one of these times. Tyreek's going to get lucky and he's going to burn him. Well, we all know way Richard Sherman does it. He's he's kind of like um, Marcus Peters. He lives on the edge. He likes to try to jump the routes and everything, and he's just going to do a little little stop and go, and it's just going to burn the pants off of him. Because I don't like San Francisco's safeties. They're box safeties. They They don't have a lot of speed. And Kansas City's wide receiver court, that's what they are. They are the fucking Legion of Zoom. They're just too fucking fast. I, They have the the wide receiver core to bur- just absolutely burn San Francisco. And I think that's going to be the key thing. And then when Andy Reid does run the ball, I think we're going to have a lot of success because they're going to be so worried about trying to stop that wide receiver core, we're going to have success on the ground when we need to have. Yeah, let's say you got to get Damian Williams involved too. And let's think Damian Williams can catch out of the backfield. He's 
he can run the ball, and then we still have Shady. Shady's able to come in there and be that veteran presence. Shady's going to get that ring. He's going to get that well-deserved ring as well. It's fucking game on. Kansas City, the way I see it, 40-20. 40-20. 20 That's going to be your score? 40-20. Man, I got, I got such a close game. I think this is going to be a close game, fake. I Even if it does go close, I still think it's going to be a little bit of a high-scoring close. It's a, I just don't foresee San Francisco's defense being able to slow down Kansas City. They, ha, they, they just had so much success the second half of the season. They're coming in with so much momentum. Hell, fuck's sakes, Kelsey had a pulled hamstring. And still played. Still played and still put over 100-some yards against a very good Tennessee defense. Like, it's game on. <laughs> And this right. is a Tennessee defense that fucking shut down Lamar Jackson. Facts. It's fucking game on. Patty Mahomes is my Chiefs. Andy Reid's going to get that well-deserved Super Bowl ring. Shady's going to fucking get it. And Patrick Mahomes, I'm telling you right now, he wins this Super Bowl. You might as well just get his gold jacket ready. <laughs> what a bold prediction from <laughs> Yeah, everyone's just going to be like, well, we already know who Fake's picking. It's just like, what about Chip, though? Well, let me go ahead and tell you. From an Eagles fan's perspective, I got to see Andy Reid succeed. I think Andy finally does it. It's got to happen. I think he's going to finally defeat all of his demons. This is it. Like, this is the game that Andy Reid – this is the moment for him because God knows if it's ever going to happen again. It could. And like I said, I do see Patty Mahomes being down the road in another Super Bowl, maybe two. We'll see. We can't predict these things. But that being said, I got to go with Andy. I got to go with Shady. I got to go with Stefan Wisniewski, former Eagles, former Penn State guy. And Penn State, speaking of Penn State, they're doing they're representing the Super Bowl pretty well. Oh, we yeah. have two yeah. guys from we have two guys on San Francisco, Robbie Gold, and a local talent, Kevin Givens, on the mm-hmm. defensive line, a product from Altoona Area High School, mm-hmm. Penn State guy. And as well as the Kansas State Chiefs, we have Stephen Wisniewski. And, and Mark and Luke, yeah. I speaking of I, I love Lucas. Lucas has been playing very well the second half of the season. I, I, like, I don't foresee him being a one or two guy in his career. I think he's a very good slot guy. I think that's where he's going to make his living in this league. That being said, Chip is going with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now the score, like I said, I got a close game. You got a 20-pointer. I got such a close game. Chip's prediction, I'm going to say 31-28. Chiefs. See Harrison Bucker. I'm I'm calling it. I think game winner. I think Is that what you're I, seeing? I, I'm seeing a game-winning field goal. A Harrison Buck Bucker. I think what it's going to be, it's going to be 28-28. Patty Mahomes on the final drive. They're going to get in field goal range. And Harrison Bucker, the man with the best Twitter handle in the world, 
What's the Twitter handle? You've never seen it? I've never seen it. Butt kicker. <laughs> Butt kicker seven. Yeah. Yeah. Harrison Bucker. I, I get Butt it. Kicker. But, uh, He's a kicker. Uh, I just Bucker. Shru- yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I just uh, shrugged my shoulders to it. Uh, but yes, I think it's he. A very excellent play on words. He will be the the he'll be the saint of the Super Bowl. Gets the the golden leg. Now Super Bowl MVP. No brainer, Patty Mahomes. It's going to be Patty. It's, it's, he does so much shit that it's hard not to pick them because you know he's going to pull something out of his ass. He does it every single game. Against Tennessee, he broke three tackles and then carried two motherfuckers into the end zone. He said, I'm winning this fucking game. We're going to Miami. And when he did that, I'm like, you know what? Just fucking Tennessee, you might as well just fucking stay on the sidelines because this game's over. Warm up the buses. <laughs> and uh, go producer Dow's pick in San Francisco, 30-23. Woo! Uh, is winning mm. Mostert. Ooh, we got Mostert winning the MVP? Mm. Okay. Mm. <laughs> ah, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I just can't. I can't. That's all right. I'm going. I, I got to go with I gotta, the. I got to take the hot pick just because you guys both went and jerked off uh, Kansas City. So. I got to go with the experience, though. Yeah, it's, it's the experience. There's too many veterans on on that Kansas City team that's played. Yeah, Jimmy G's been in the game, but like he's been to the game, but he hasn't played in the game. Mm-hmm. It was nice sitting on the sidelines, being Tom Brady's bench warmer, winning. Multiple. Wait a minute. <laughs> so you guys are sitting trying to pat, was, correct my memory. Was was Kansas City? In the Super Bowl? They have more playoff experience. Okay. okay. They, it's all second-half experience, and then they also have guys that have played in that game. Wisniewski played in that game with the Eagles. The Eagles. You have multiple. And then you, they got Terrell Suggs. Ravens. Ravens. <laughs> they got so much veteran talent there and guys that have been in that moment and walked out and as Suggs, winners. Suggs is another story, like storyline for the Super Bowl because – after he left Baltimore, he went back home to Arizona, which I completely understand because that's where he's from and mm-hmm. that's everything like that. And then they cut the him. The Cardinals cut him, surprisingly. Ray, or the Chiefs pick him up. And since and we picked him up, since we picked him up, our rush deep, that's when our rush defense got better. They started putting him, because we're running that 4-3 right now. He's been playing DN for us, and he's so good at setting the edge. That's what the fuck we were missing. <laughs> All right, so over under, how many sacks do your Chiefs get on Jimmy Garoppolo? Here, well, okay, so like I'm gonna say our over- pass rush still hasn't really been there. Now, in saying that, Frank Clark has been paying. I'm gonna say over, I'm gonna say over under three. I, I got I got maybe four I got maybe four taking, and two of them two taking, of them coming from the Frank Clark taking you over there Frank. yeah okay I I got four and two of them are coming from Frank Clark one by Chris Jones and Terrell Suggs is going to get one I promise you Terrell Suggs Terrell Suggs is going to at least get one <laughs> my boy Suggsy's going to get one. <laughs> And you're, he's gonna get another fucking boy, ring. Your boy Suggsy. Like he's been your boy this entire time. I, I bet you were hey, probably hating on that man when he's in Baltimore. No, Come on actually, now. you you can 
you can come from you can get it from the producer over there producer dev i've always been a charles suggs guy <laughs> yeah he once played prayer time <laughs> <laughs> it's because you played on Madden. <laughs> yeah, I always like Charles Suggs. He, you know, he's a likable guy. He's a likable guy, and honestly, he's not a guy that you know. They, Especially being part of the like the like the faces of that Ravens defense, yeah. like because you figure that was Suggs, that was Ray, that was Ed Reed, like those three. What made the Ravens defense like fun and fun to watch? Hey, if Ray Ray wants to come out of retirement playing a Super Bowl, you know. <laughs> Or Ed Reed. <laughs> yeah, just come on. <laughs> oh, man, I couldn't even imagine. Honey Badger and Ed Reed. Oh, oh, no. And that's, the, that's another thing. I Honey Badger is going to be just – he's going to be all over Kittle. That's going to be you – know, I don't think he's going to shut down Kittle because Kittle's very – he's just too talented. He's going he's gonna to get his he, catches. He had one catch in the NFC Championship yeah. game, so – He's going to get his catches. He's going to get – well, whenever you're only dropping back eight, eight times. Eight times, yeah. Pass, like, you know, <laughs> one of, on. one of uh, Garoppolo's eight passes yeah. was the Kittle. Yeah. You know, but e- either way, that's going to that's gonna be Honey Badger's – that's good. That's going to be man number one, okay? He's going to be enemy number one right there. So, every hey. down, you're going to – don't be surprised if you see number 32 winding up on, you know, on Kittle. Yeah, it, it's going to be – end, end of fucking story. And honestly, as I said last week, he there, I don't think there's a better safety in the league right now that can line up one-on-one with tight ends. So, I just don't see a scenario right now unless San Francisco figures out a way to absolutely run down our throats – but as I said, we've gotten so good at stopping the run, and we were able to like hold the rushing king and a guy that put over a hundred and what was a hundred and sixty yards up against Baltimore, against Baltimore's defense, and then did the same thing against New England's defense. Like, come on, come on! You mean to tell me that fucking Brita is gonna fucking do that? Get out of here. Or Mostert. Yeah, get, get out of here. Not happening. All, I don't know. All I'm going to say is they ba- you, you played a, a weakened Derrick Henry who had a weakened Derrick Henry. Who had, who had, hold on, hold on, hold on. Who had ran and been the whole team for the Titans for probably five consecutive games. And then you're going to play a team that is a three-headed backfield at running back. And they have been running the ball efficiently all season long. Well, Derrick Henry well, Tevin, that, Tevin Coleman's that, out, so then they yeah. got two. Yeah. Because Coleman uh, Coleman's out. Yeah. <laughs> and Still also, Derrick Henry's that back that gets stronger as the year goes on. And he proves that. Yeah, because they throw the fucking ball all the time. <laughs> and then Derrick's like, all right, guys. Time to run it a little bit more now. Weekend. Weekend now. <laughs> Kansas City's going to do just fine no, against I think, the I think Kansas City's going to win, too, but that's just because Andy Reid's got to finally win a Super Bowl, and I think that's the answer. I say, I, there's too many guys that are going to finally get defeat those demons. And, end of story. You know. The Chiefs are finally going to end that drought. I mean, I'm still going San Fran, but I'm still saying, like, I can also see the NFL being the way that it is. But, you know, there's too many stories here. Because that's the other thing, too. Like, San Francisco was in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, but this is a complete different team. Like, you don't have Kaepernick. You don't have Harbaugh. 
you don't you don't have Navarro Bowman, you don't have um, Patrick Willis. Patrick Willis runs like a cheetah, hits like a pissed off rhino. <laughs> you ever see that commercial? That was yes. a Reebok commercial. Yep. <laughs> I think that was like one of my favorite commercials of all time. <laughs> it's gonna be that's the other thing about Super Bowls too is like the commercials. Oh, I love Super Bowl commercials. I don't know, man. These last couple of years, man, it's been kind of stale. Yeah, it, well, just, it hasn't been. I need so, I need something with pizzazz. <laughs> I need something's gonna like blow my mind, or something that's gonna make me like hysterically laugh out loud yes uh i think uh, last couple years i have yet to experience anything like that man i miss it bring something like that back please whoever's doing a commercial for the super bowl hopefully they're better this year now in in saying that where are you gonna be sunday night where am i gonna be sunday night i think i'll be at the residence that or he's going to be over at the Hockey Lee house kicking back some beers, watching the Ooh, game. Is this on. an invitation? Yes, it is. It is okay. an invitation. Everybody can come over, kick back, watch it on my 55-inch TLC. 55-inch <laughs> I mean, TCL. No, yeah, I was going to say. I always get that one. TLC. Damn, man. really, like, that, that's our halftime show. We got, we're going to have, like, a, we're going to have, like, a hologram of left eye. And then, you like, know what? Start singing the game events to you. Like, you know what? And then first at, song, no scrubs, hands down. And at halftime, for the guys that don't want to watch probably the garbage half, half, half halftime show, we can Facebook live. Speaking of halftime, are we going to see a wardrobe malfunction? Please tell me we're going to see a wardrobe malfunction. Who is a halftime? J Lo and Shakira. Oh, hips God. don't lie, fake. Hips <laughs> don't lie. <laughs> And my love don't cost a thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus, fuck. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. These past few years, like, the half Yeah, half simple halftime shows have been terrible. It's yeah. Ass. So, like, for everyone to price predicting the shitty halftime show, um, you can tune in to us on Facebook Live. So, make sure you follow the page because at halftime, we will be Facebook Living. And we will also have the reaction – when the clock hits zero, it's either going to be a good one. When my Chiefs win! <laughs> or a bad one. You might, well, let's, let's put it this way. You might see tears coming from, from. Tears of joy or tears of misery. Yeah, it's going to be one <laughs> of the two. <laughs> like, fuck's sakes. I, I, I practically cried whenever they fucking won the AFC championship, so. <laughs> Trying to think about. Okay, so when the Eagles went. But won the NFC Championship a couple years ago, 2017. I got teary-eyed. I didn't cry. <laughs> I got teary-eyed when they won the NFC. When they won the Super Bowl over the Patriots, I bawled <laughs> like a freaking baby. I remember seeing that video. <laughs> and, yeah, I did put that on Facebook Live when it happened. Like, I it, it bawled. Said, you might – either way, you might see some tears coming out of, out of, out of the hockey here. Um not to mention, we still have that tattoo wager. Yeah, the tattoo that's another thing. still on the line. Billy Steele knows about it. <laughs> oh, you already got your guy already? <laughs> oh, yeah. Billy does, uh, Billy's my guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bi- shout out to fucking Billy Steele. Um, yeah, yeah. He's basically the only one I will let tattoo me. 
I, I'm very picky on I, I who you. tattoos me. Like, I'm very picky. This is only my this is my only one, and that's just because I told myself if Eagles ever win the Super Bowl, I'm getting a tattoo. I went to uh, Railroad City here in Altoona. Oh, okay. That's yeah. why I went and got mine done at. Yeah, I. Yeah, I'm very picky on who tattoos me. <laughs> it's a comfortability thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna ha- I, I'm gonna have these things on my body for the rest of my life. Like, you know, <laughs> you gotta be picky. You gotta be picky. So, will there be appetizers, food? Need me to bring anything? Because what I'm planning on, I'm planning on going grocery shopping Saturday. So, maybe get a case of beer. <laughs> well, obviously, Yingling is definitely gonna be. Yeah, because I don't drink Yingling anymore. I can't. Don't drink anything. Uh, it gives me fucking so much goddamn heartburn. I can't, uh, like, I can't even. Jeez. I wake up and, like, I'm dying for the rest of the day. The day after I'm dying. That's how much <laughs> heartburn it gives me. I used to be a big yingling guy. I just can't do it anymore. Now I'm a, I'm a Miller High Life guy. Uh, I like to live on the high life. <laughs> you're that guy. <laughs> I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> that being said, guys, I think that's going to wrap up episode 19. Armchair Referees Super Bowl Special. We want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to us. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us all season long. And make sure you be tuning in. Not only just gets the Super Bowl and stand the NFL season. That can only mean one thing, though, Fake. We got the XFL. That's right. <laughs> we will be covering the XFL throughout its entire season. Also, we're going to have a little... Uh, Sorry, my throat's recovering right now. A WWE-style championship belt on the line for whoever has the better rank. We we will actually be keeping track of our record for picks this season of the XFL, and the winner will get the armchair referee belt. (laughs) Yes. Who will be able to keep that belt for the remainder of the season? (laughs) Bragging rights. Pure bra- bragging rights, and every single episode, if I win it, I will be wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> I will be discount double checking. <laughs> Easy, A Rod. <laughs> Says the guy that picked the Seahawks over the Packers. <laughs> what were you thinking? It was a good pick. It was a solid pick. It could have gone that way, damn it. Um,. Right, yeah, as I said, thank you for cho- tuning in. Make sure you tune in next next week to either hear fake crying or crying. <laughs> either way, either either be very hateful words coming from me or pure tears of joy. It'll be one of the two. But we, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Check out our Facebook page. We are posting and uploading daily on there. And we interact with everybody that comes. Um, and don't be afraid to leave us our Johnny Manziel five star rating. Thank y'all. Have a great night.